This is Dave Billington with you for this week's Bible in the News. On Tuesday of this week, Berlusconi resigned as Italian PM, clearing the way for Romano Prodi to become the next Prime Minister of Italy. What does this have to do with the Bible? Stay tuned to find out. Today, Israel celebrated its Independence Day, marking 58 years since the establishment of the modern state. It was a difficult year for many religious Zionist Israelis to celebrate, however, as they feel estranged from the state after the destruction in Gush Katif, Gaza, and the police violence at Amona. Even though they still see the modern state of Israel as a good thing, and a giant step towards the redemption, it has left them questioning the state, and even in some cases their religious leaders, who they see as letting them down. We may be seeing the beginning of a teachableness that will be necessary for the preaching of Elijah the prophet and the restoring of the father's hearts in the children's. On Israel National Radio, one Israeli from Ephrat noted there were far less Israeli flags flying in his hometown this year than previously. Here are a couple of clips from Israel National Radio regarding Yom Ha'atzmut, or Israel Independence Day. The Torah says that if we're not doing what we need to do, the land will spit us out. It will vomit us out. And these Jews were literally unprecedented in any democratic society, ripped out of their legal homes and thrown off their land. And I think God is saying something to us. And this is the first Independence Day where I'm really in inner turmoil. I mean, are we supposed to be celebrating the state that has ripped these Jews out of their homes? Are we supposed to be happy about it? Are we supposed to be sad? Are we supposed to be standing in solidarity? Should be, we, we be waving Israeli flags? The fascinating thing that I've seen all throughout Israel, and in Efrat, right now, my hometown, there are barely any flags on anyone's cars. It really is very it's like disillusioning. It's twilight zone. I mean, four years ago, every car in Efrat had two flags. Now, there's like one flag amongst every 100 cars. And I think, you know, just watching these different ceremonies on TV. I couldn't watch it for more than five minutes. You know, I see all these different dignitaries and, and uh, you know, ministers in the government, and they all stand there with these, you know, triangle cone kippas, these head coverings that look so unnatural on them, all speaking about things that are so shallow and so irrelevant. It's reinforcing this whole perception that I see on TV in America. Whenever they do a Jewish impression, it's an old man talking about gefilte fish. Why does the synagogue and and prayer have to be something that is relegated to that of ritual and we wear these long robes with these massive yarmadukes that look like we're the pope in a you know it, it's that's not what judaism is well back to europe where we mentioned that berlusconi has resigned as italian pm clearing the way for romano prodi to become the next prime minister of italy silvio berlusconi has been one of u.s president george w bush's staunchest allies in the u.s-led war in iraq according to the bbc he has been one of the very few supporters of the iraqi war in europe in july 2004 italy was the third largest contributor of coalition troops in iraq after the usa and great britain mr berlusconi went against the vatican france germany and russia all who opposed the war in iraq the Vatican went the extra mile to try and stop the USA from attacking Iraq, then Pope John Paul sending a personal envoy to Baghdad on February 10, 2003, and Tariq Aziz, Iraq's Deputy Prime Minister, making his own diplomatic mission to Rome on February 12, as reported in the Catholic World News. Aziz was unique among Iraqi leaders in that he was a Chaldean Catholic rather than a Muslim. When visiting the Pope, he made a private pilgrimage to Assisi to pray for peace. I guess it didn't help very much. This left Mr. Berlusconi at odds with all the major power brokers in Europe.
Well, now Berlusconi has been voted out of office and Mr. Romano Prodi is going to be taking over. You may recognize the name Romano Prodi. That is because he is the former EU Commission president. Mr. Prodi grew up in Italy and studied at the Catholic University of Milan, where he earned a degree in law. From the university mission statement, we find out that on April 13, 2000, Pope John Paul II addressed the university with the following words. Speaking above all to you, dear teachers of the Università Cattolica del Sacro Cure, I hope I got that close, my Italian isn't so good. Anyway, continuing on, I'm impressed to issue the following charge, that you are true and authentic educators, that you are careful to clearly manifest the educational model to which to aspire, making known as true disciples of Christ that the hope that dwells in each and every one of you, that it will be your goal and your honor to offer the church and your country young professionals who are well-prepared, citizens that are politically sensitive, and in particular, illuminated and courageous Christians. Now, what is the hope that the Pope speaks of? It is not the hope of Israel spoken of by the Apostle Paul. Of that we can be sure. It is, of course, the Catholic hope. That is, that the kingdom of God would rule over the entire world. The kingdom of God being the Catholic Church itself. Mr. Prodi has stayed true to his upbringing as shown by his efforts towards European unification, a union which we know from the Bible will become the world's largest superpower, a superpower that will be smashed by the little stone cut out of the mountains without hands, which the prophet Daniel tells us is the kingdom of God, Daniel 2:44 and 45. Mr. Prodi once stated that no one should prevent a group of member states from achieving closer union. Mr. Prodi has also, or was also, behind the negotiations with Russia in 2000 to build the pipeline network that would transport oil and gas from Russia to Europe and for a strategic partnership with Russia. You can read about this in the Milestones update in the November 2000 issue of the Bible magazine, available online. Mr. Prodi's strategic partnership with Russia and European dependence on Russian oil and gas is leading to Russian control of Europe as we saw this last winter when Putin turned off the gas tap to Ukraine and all of Western Europe realized their dependence upon Russia for their supply of energy. The Vatican and Europe will be pleased with Mr. Prodi's win in the Italian election. However, George Bush will not be so th enthusiastic. It was convenient to have at least one good ally in Europe. The result of this election could bring a greater rift between Europe and the United States and definitely the end of Italian troops taking part in the ongoing war in Iraq. From a Bible prophecy standpoint, this is exactly what we look for, a greater rift between Europe, including Russia and the merchants of Tarshish, from, uh, that's from Ezekiel 38. These merchants are the isles afar off that Jeremiah speaks of in Jeremiah 31 verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattered Israel will gather him, and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. They are the countries where the message that the Jews must return to their land was proclaimed. These countries are the British Commonwealth nations and the United States, where that message was brought by believers in the prophets and the English Bible they carried with them. At the end of Daniel chapter 11, these two groupings of nations are described as a king of the north and a king of the south.
In the prophecy of Zechariah, they are described as two mountains of brass, which the chariots of God charging up from the desert cut it in between. Some of the chariots drive on toward the north and some toward the south. These chariots of God are in motion, showing they are on a divine mission. The result is that they have quieted my spirit in the north country, something that will happen after the divine judgments usher in the kingdom age. In Daniel 11 verse 40, we are informed that at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him. This may sound as if it is just one push. However, the Hebrew verb translated push is in the Hitpalel verb form. This is a reflexive verb form that often changes the sense of what is being said. For example, the verb to walk in Hitpalel means to walk to and fro. The verb here translated push has a similar sense. It means they shall engage in butting, as two-horned animals would. This is precisely what we have seen between the United States, Britain, and their allies contending with Russia and Europe since September the 11th and the commencement of the War on Terror. We also saw similar, similar alliances and pushing back and forth during the First and Second World Wars. This is the King of the North and the King of the South engaging in butting, a process which will lead to the King of the North coming against him like a whirlwind and his ultimate destruction upon the mountains of Israel. The Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Daniel 4 verse 32. It is at this time the angels are bringing a very pro-European Union Catholic man with strong ties not only throughout Europe, but also with Russia, to lead the nation of Italy. What the effects of this will be exactly, we will have to wait and watch to find out. Come back again next week for another edition of The Bible in the News.